Welcome to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Yes, this is Frank Selby setting in for John Hennigan. Uh, we have some great guests today, Gary Bordner, Jason Bordner. Uh, river runs through it. Jason was one of the uh, casters for River Runs Through It. He's a great speaker. He's done a bunch of books, uh, and so is his dad, Gary Bordner. He's uh, done uh, 3M tapes. Uh, he's done new. He just started a new series of five books. They're fly fishing books, and uh, I think they will run to be about 10 books. And Bob Crum will be on with us. Uh, John, I think I did a little overdoing it with him down in Cabo. He's resting up, but I'll be your host today, and I hope we have a lot of fun. And Bob will be talking about fishing and hunting in Montana. So we will be, we, we have uh, a bunch of stuff to do. So first I would like to remind you that we had a lot of fun down in Cabo San Lucas. We caught a lot of Dorado, uh, some yellowfin tuna, uh, I get. I guess I worked him too hard. We went out three days in a row, John and me, and we we was uh, fishing on the uh, Merva Three. We had a ball. We limited out every day on Dorado in the eighteen to twenty pound, twenty two pound Dorado, small tuna, and one big tuna. And we will be doing some more of that, and hopefully next week, John and me will talk all about our trip. 20 seconds, 20 seconds. And we will be right back in about right after these messages. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio and enjoy the great outdoors. 
used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and pargo. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan and Frank Selby. And we have two great guests on right now, Gary Bordner and world-renowned Gary Bordner and his son, Jason Bordner, who is a part of A River Runs Through It, and he is a part of our cult of... A river runs through it. So let's introduce Gary Bordner. Are you there? Hi, Frank. I'm here. Okay. And Jason, you're right there too, right? I am. I am on with you right now. Okay. Uh, coming coming to you live from the uh, the cult of a river runs through it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Gary, uh, you came out with a new set of fly fishing books that you're working on right now, correct? That's correct. It's a series of 20 books. The overarching title is Fly Fishing, but I've got five the first five volumes done, and I'm working on the sixth right now. And actually, I'm working on more than the sixth, but the sixth is actually written, and I'm just taking photos and getting scans and things ready for it. And uh, are any of them on the bookshelf yet? Uh, the first five are, the first one is fishing the film, which relates to not just dry fly fishing, but also fishing emergers and fishing just underneath the surface film. And then there's reading waters, which is a very important aspect of all fly fishing, being able not only to locate fish, but to figure out how best to fight them, what kind of insects might live there, and any number of other items that fly fishers have to determine. And then there's a book on... Uh, 
long flies, which is fishing uh, minnow and leeches and other long fly imitations, which is a very important part of, of fishing, especially for big fish. And then there's a book on uh, uh, the angler as predator, which plays into the idea that fly fishers are not just out there uh, casting and, and having enjoying a fun day. They've also got to be a bit of a predator if they really want to catch a lot of fish, and especially bigger fish. And the last book that's out right now is Fly Gear, which pertains to the uh, evolution and development of all of our all the gear that we have, and where it stands at this particular time, and how best to select rods and lines and leaders and and reels and all those sorts of things. Uh, the next book that's coming is called The Perfect Cast One, and it will be out probably next next year. Uh, Jason just has released a book called Single Handed Fly Casting. And it is probably the best book that's ever been written on fly fishing, or, I mean fly casting, without a doubt. Okay. Uh, one more question. Where can they pick up your books right now? Uh, the books are available at uh, fly shops, but they're also available online at my website, which is just my name, Gary Borger, B-O-R-G-E-R, dot com. Okay. One more time. Would you repeat that so everybody can hear it? Sure. Just Gary, G-A-R-Y, Borger, B-O-R-G-E-R, dot com. Dot com. Hmm? That's good. Jason, now let's ask you the question, two questions I've got. Number one, where are you headed? Do not do the date, but where are you headed uh, right at tomorrow? Uh, I'm actually going up to uh, to Sundance, not to the film festival, which is at a different time, but to uh, the Sundance Resort, which is uh, Redford's uh, resort in Utah, and they're having a, a 25th anniversary celebration for uh, the film and its relationship to uh, conservation. Oh, that's great. Uh, so you'll will you be able to do a little fishing with Robert Redford? Uh, no, Bob will not be up there uh, fishing. He actually uh, was up uh, a few weeks ago doing uh, sort of a special uh, VIP showing of the film uh, and talking about some of the issues related to actually getting the film made from a uh, director's and writer's perspective. Uh, what I'll be doing is talking about the film from a fly fishing perspective and then uh, on Saturday, uh, there will be what they call the uh, the Big Ugly One Fly Contest, which is uh, a few hours of fishing um, with flies that must be at least one and a half inches long. So it's real meat and potatoes uh, kind of stuff, and hopefully the brown trout will cooperate. We shall see. <laughs> well, I got a question for both of you now. Where is the most favorite place, memorable place you like to fish? And first, your dad. Well, that's pretty easy for me. It's New Zealand. <laughs> and the reason the reason I say New Zealand is not necessarily because of the big fish, although there are plenty of big fish there, but simply because it is a sort of a of a paradise island, or two islands actually. And uh, there are no snakes. There's no bears. There's no predators of any kind. Everybody's very very friendly. And the fishing is more hunting than it is fishing. You walk along the rivers looking for fish to find the bigger ones, and then you cast specifically to those. So it's really a one-on-one -on -one kind of 
setup rather than just going out and casting and hoping that something takes your fly. As a consequence, it requires all the skills that you have as a fly fisher to be to be successful, at least consistently successful. And that's the, the great challenge, and that's why I like it so much. Okay, Jess, Jason, what's your favorite play? Oh, boy. Uh, that, that is a tough one. It, it probably depends on my mood and, and <laughs> what I'm most interested in. But, I mean, New Zealand is going to rank uh, high on that list for all the reasons that uh, my father mentioned. Uh, but I have to say that I guess having grown up fishing so much of the Rocky Mountain West, the United States, that there are just some places there that for me go so far back and are so important, so key to my development as a fly fisher and, and really just as a kid that uh, I'd have to say the Rocky Mountain West. And I know that's kind of a broad area, but, you know, everywhere from Montana down into into northern New Mexico has really had some influence on me, some great influence on me, really, uh, growing up as a as a fly fisher and uh, just as a kid out there enjoying sort of the spectacular nature of what the Rockies have to offer. Well, my favorite place is the Fall River and Yellowstone National Park because I don't run into a lot of people. But you do have to worry about the bears and a few other things, but that's what part of fishing is. It's beautiful there. And uh, I want to know a little bit more about your new book. Could you talk a little bit more about, Jason, your new book? Sure. And where yeah. you can uh, get it? The book is, as my father had mentioned earlier, uh, called Single-Handed Fly Casting. Its emphasis, of course, is casting with a single-handed fly rod versus all of fly casting, which would also encompass uh, a two-handed or double-handed rods. This, this is more focused on single-handed. And it's really focused on not just the single-handed rod, but the skills that I use in what you might call everyday fishing and everyday teaching of fly casting. So uh, the book isn't everything in fly casting, but it's a lot of stuff, uh, 320 pages uh, built on what I call a modular approach, which is just a fancy way of saying, look, once you learn a certain bit of a skill in fly casting, say a sidearm back cast, now you know it for every other potential use within fly casting and fly fishing. It's not like you have to relearn it just because another skill that uses that same motion has a different name. So the idea is to really simplify these these sometimes seemingly disparate chunks of skills into something you can really mentally grasp onto and realize that, hey, once I learn a few things, I can build all of this other stuff. I can stretch it out. I can tighten it up. I can tip something over, that type of thing. Um, and then that's really integrated together so that each chapter focuses on building on previous chapter or other discussions of skills. So by the time you get to the end, you have this large scope of uh, fly casting available to you, not just from the purely skill set, but also from the applicability of going out and actually fishing with it, which ultimately is, is what everybody wants to do. Okay. Uh, we'll be right back. We are going to take a short break, and we will finish this uh, in uh, three minutes. So... Hang on, Gary, you'll pick it right back up. (laughs) 
The best wing shooting is in Nayarit, Mexico. It's absolutely incredible and is only $2,650 U.S. per person. Includes four nights lodging, three days hunting, all meals, non-alcoholic beverages, transportation, bird boys, cleaning and packing of all birds. You'll even be provided, free of charge, a quality shotgun over and under or automatic, either a Beretta or Browning, three cases of shotgun shells, even the tips are included. Bird season starts soon, so book your adventure today. Contact support at thegrizgear.com. That's support at thegrizgear.com. Or call 434-953-8598. That's 434-953-8598. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Let me tell you about a fantastic boutique hotel on Mag Bay called the Mangrove Inn, located on the estuary in Lopez Mateos. This unique hotel will connect you with nature. The whale watching is incredible. They have the best onshore and offshore fishing guides and even bird watching guides. And the estuary fishing. You can even kayak fish the estuaries right from the hotel. The chef will even cook your catch. Check it out at mangroveinbaja.com or call 434-953-8598 to book your adventure. That's 434-953-8598. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Henneken. Welcome back. Uh, this is Frank Selby with Gary Bordner and J- Jason Bordner, and we were talking about illustrations in your book. Are you there? Yeah, the, uh, the illustrations are based on uh, high-definition video frames. So basically I went out and, and videoed all of the casting uh, from in, from the instructional aspects to uh, sort of the overall casts and so forth, and then went through each, basically each little video vignette and picked out the frames that best isolated what I wanted to, to discuss or teach uh, within each section, and then uh, converted those frames into line art 
and in doing so, added arrows and other things like that to really show what is most important uh, in terms of the skill discussion. And I really like doing that because, A, it's extremely accurate. So what you're seeing in the book is essentially a photo, just a drawing version of the photo, but without all the other visual clutter that can oftentimes creep in when you're looking at uh, still photos. So the book, while it is line drawings, is also in some ways uh, like watching little still snippets out of uh, video. That's good. I got one more question for you. How does it feel to grow up and you're behind your dad's shoes or in front of your dad's shoes? He's one of my legends, and I think he's a lot of people's legend. So I well, had to ask you how it was growing up. Well, uh, when I was younger, his shoes were much larger than mine, so it took me a while to fill them, but now uh, we actually wear the same size, so it's not a problem. Yeah. But well, if, you, if, you, if you're talking about what's it like, yeah, what's it like to, to follow up uh, behind someone who really did a lot of things in fly fishing sort of from a, a pioneering perspective? Yes. You know, he's out there in the early 1980s shooting on 16-millimeter film to produce, uh, you know, instructional fly fishing videos when I think market penetration of, of uh, videotape players was like 17% or something like that. Yep. Took a real gamble on it and really sort of led the way, I think, with a lot of those types of things. Has gone on and you know, done his own book publishing, which inspired me then to, to do my own publishing myself. Um, you know, his equipment design, fly patterns, all of these things uh, that when you're growing up as a kid and you're exposed to not only have a great influence on you as a person, just sort of how you fish, how you approach fishing, how you approach your life in terms of how you want to pursue uh, creative endeavors and so forth. Uh, so for me, I think... <laughs> Seeing where he had gone, maybe you want to go there as well. And, you know, there's always that that issue of, you know, as you said, filling the shoes. But really, I, I hope that when he looks back and sees me coming up and doing my own thing and then sort of taking off and, and becoming my own person uh, as I got older, that he would see me, I think – doing some honor to what he had already done, uh, acknowledging it, and then sort of taking my own path as well. So I guess I, I didn't necessarily feel so much pressure uh, from the perspective of trying to fill something. I think as it was walking along behind and then beside and then taking my own path. And I think that, uh, at least I hope, <laughs> that that is what he would want to see from from his son. I'll let him speak further on that if he wants to. Yeah, I'm going to ask Gary. Yes, Gary, I want to hear your perspective on this. And especially, I know how great of a father you are, so I'd like to hear your side of the story now, and I think all of our audience would, too. So, we're sure. Not a problem. Well, first of all, you have to realize, Frank, that children are not ours to simply turn into improper and bad copies of ourselves. Yeah. You know, they're clean slates, and they have their own personalities, their own desires, and their own wants. So when Jason was born, I didn't rush out and buy him a fly rod. You waited, you waited at least a month. His, 
<laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any money anyway, so I couldn't buy him a flower. But if I yeah. wanted to, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but Jason really had his, his. He really, really fell in love with fly fishing when he was two and a half and caught his first fish all by himself in Montana, yeah. only about one mile from where he actually did the shadow cast in, in the movie. So he had a, you know, he had a really good opportunity. And he enjoyed it, and fortunately, Nancy and I were both teaching fly fishing schools, and we were sort of traveling around over the world fishing, and Jason had the opportunities to go along. And so he developed his own level of skills and his own capabilities and his own desires and wishes for fishing. Now, one of the things you have to understand, Frank, is that I'm not a good caster. I'm a great caster. But Jason's <laughs> even greater. And and the the reason is and a modest you one. Want, yeah. Oh yeah, very modest. The, uh, the, yeah, I can tell. Child, uh, <laughs> if you want a child, yeah, if you want a child to develop Olympic skills, you don't start teaching them how to ski when they're twenty. Yeah. Most of the Olympic skiers were actually skiing before they could walk. So the same kind of thing happened with Jason. He was very fortunate in that that he loved fishing very early, and got into it very early, and that just about that time, at the same, I, I became the Midwest director of the Fenwick Fly Fishing School. So I was teaching fly fishing. Jason went to every fly fishing school that we taught. He was teaching fly fishing in the schools when he was 10. So he had many opportunities, but he also had the skill level and the, the mental capability to grasp what needed to be grasped and to do what needed to be done. And so, yes, he has developed as his own person, and we're very proud of that fact that he has. Yeah. At the same time... Uh, all those skills serve him not only really well, but it, but his family too. And so, you know, his wife Kelly fishes, and and his his daughter Brooke, who's now five fishes, and little Finn, who is only nine months. We're looking forward to him fishing too. So it's been a very Grandpa interesting. Grandpa have a and, lot of fun. Oh yeah, it's been a very interesting and and overall exciting way for us to to uh, be together as a family, and we just yeah. love it. Well, my sister always said I had a fly wad in my hand before I had a baby bottle. My <laughs> uncles were all fly fishermen. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about your study on the botanist. How, how about that, Gary? Well, my my academic training uh, is in uh, forestry and botany, and my Ph.D. work was actually on the development of bark in trees. Yeah. It was work that nobody else had ever done before, and so there were some things that needed to be done, and I got my Ph.D. at the University of Wisconsin under a man by the name of Theodore Kozlowski, who was at that time the world's, li- uh, the world's foremost uh, living tree physiologist. So I had a very good opportunity to do many things at the University of Wisconsin, and including some really great fishing in that area. So that's that. My, that's where my training was. Now my teaching was at the University of Wisconsin at a, a two-year campus in Wausau, where Jason grew up. And I was I taught botany. I taught uh, five-credit botany and three-credit botany. I taught a couple of sections of zoology lab. I taught uh, natural history photography. I taught writing in the sciences. And I taught uh, tree identification. Uh, so in that time, of course, I was teaching 
and you know, basically 18 and 19 year olds with a few non-traditional returning students. But I had to take a fairly complex subject and and you and be able to create ways to teach it in such a way that it was easy to grasp for people that didn't have a deep knowledge of science. And so doing also then helped me to be able to convert somewhat complicated fly fishing issues into relatively simple terms, too. And, of course, yeah. that's helped in my speaking and, and uh, writing and so on over the years. You've done an excellent job on your speaking and writing and helping the fly fishing industry over the years. And I really love the old tapes I have ever won of your, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I am all your old 3M tapes. I've got ever one of them. And it helped me a lot in my younger days. I think if I wouldn't have got really into fly fishing, I could have been in a lot of trouble when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know all those. That's the way I got into fly fishing. Nobody <laughs> helped me. So I figured yeah. out all the bad things first. <laughs> well, I wasn't that bad, but I loved to go down. I used to sneak out of the orphanage, cut across the street into the Call River and fish with a fly. And we didn't catch much, but we had a lot of fun. So, uh, Jason, so you're the next time down, and your dad too, the next time you guys come down to do the programs, I would love to take an extra day and we go out on the boat, go over to Catalina with the Freedom Boat Club. I, I'm a member there, and we have a lot of fun. I take a lot of people out, and I, I want to fish with your dad saltwater. That may be one place I might be able to beat you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go for Mako's? Pardon me? Are we going to go fish for Mako sharks? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we'll, uh, we can do that real easy. We don't even have to go to Catalina to do that. And, you know, we have a big house, so there's, you're welcome to stay here anytime you're down. That means your son, too, Jason. You can come in. I appreciate that. Too. And you're what? And we'll well, thank you very much, in. Frank. That's great. Yeah. That's all. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, we'll be right back. We're going to a commercial. And when we come back, we will be still talking to Gary. And I hope everybody is ready. Dig me up a wall right now. I'm on a jig, 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 jig. Dig me up a wall right now. For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, CalParksCO.com has it. 
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan and Frank Selby. We're on the air with Gary Bordner and Jason Bordner, and I have a question I need to ask. When you were when you were growing up with your dad, was it like both of you? Was it a religion fly fishing or <laughs> or you just both loved to do it? You first, Jason. Me, Jason? Yeah. Well, I I think uh we just both really loved to do it. It's you know, people have sometimes asked me if I ever felt forced to do it. Yeah. Or if it was ever sort of uh, so ritualistic that uh, I kind of found myself having to do it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I I think uh, when you're when you're on a trip to go fishing and that's the focus, obviously there's going to be some ritual involved. There's going to be some pressure to get out there and fish because that's why you're there. But uh, for me, I, I I loved all forms of fishing really when I was a kid. So whether it was tossing worms. In fact, to this day, I think one of the biggest bass I've ever caught, I caught on a nightcrawler when I was seven years old. Um, otherwise, you know, throwing Mr. Twisters or something like that, or, uh, 
you know, little dry flies. And I, I ended up actually loving the, the fly fishing more than anything, and that's really where my focus went. But for me growing up, uh, I just loved to be out there. Uh, I loved fishing. I loved catching fish. Uh, I loved playing in the mud, throwing rocks and sticks, doing that kind of thing. And my father, uh, I think, really just let me go. You know, go and do this stuff. Have some fun. If, if you want to fish, fish. If you don't want to fish, you don't have to. And if you get stuck, I'll help you. And that's kind of how it, I think it really developed for me. I think it, it had been something more forced. I might have fled from it. Maybe. I don't know. I still have a really deep passion for it. So I, I think that there was just something inside, genetic or otherwise, that uh, just drove me forward no matter what. But like I said, there was a lot of opening to just be out there. Uh, where the fish are found, and I think that is as important as anything. And I'm trying to pass that along to my own children, my daughter, uh, now, and then hopefully my son a little bit later. Yeah. I think it's genetic fly fishermen. For some reason, whoever was in our family, you just automatically start loving it. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I I'd love to just be out and catch a few fish. And if I didn't catch a bass or I didn't catch anything, I was still so happy to be free. And I think it's the most common thing in the world to get to a place where you can just let everything go but watch the fly or watch the strike indicator. Now, Gary, how about you? Same question. Yeah, well, fly fishing's never been a religion to me. But it has been a very deeply held passion, and I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania, out in the country, and my father liked to hunt. He didn't have an opportunity to fish very much, but there were three trout streams, all within easy walking distance of where I lived, and so I was fishing all the time. I mean, in the summertime, we didn't have any jobs to do. I mean, we had jobs. Yeah, we had horses who had to take care of those. We had to take care of the garden and mow grass and that kind of stuff. The rest of the time was sort of, us. of our own. So yeah. we were out we were out fishing and hunting and just camping out all the time. And it's just one of those kind of outdoor kind of things you do. But I started fly fishing when I was 11. And just because I'd been reading about it, and it sounded like something very exciting to do. Before that time, I fished with bait, and I fished with spinners and that sort of thing. But once I started fly fishing, the, the challenge of it became very evident. And the challenge of it and the problem-solving part of it became more of a passion almost in the fishing itself. But you don't get to solve problems if you don't fish. So I fished you know, as much as I possibly could all the way through college and everything else. And I had many opportunities to uh, fish in different places uh, as I grew up and as I uh, you know, went into college and so on. And some of those were, were actually world-class waters, like Spring Creek in central Pennsylvania. And so I had lots and lots of opportunities, and I also had a chance to do lots of different things in terms of fly fishing. And uh, as I said, the problem-solving of it became as much of an excitement as the actual fishing itself. And then, of course, when I became Midwest Director of the Fenwick Fly Fishing Schools, there was the teaching of it. And so the converting of information into a teachable form was another aspect of it that was challenging and exciting. So all of it fits together in the end. It all fits together. And for me, it's, a, it's as much a vocation as it was, a, a, as it was um, you know, a hobby or something. Uh, to me, it's just sort of a lifestyle and the, the way I choose to do things in the out-of-doors. Yeah. 
Great. That was excellent. I appreciate that. Uh, I well, One more little question, and I'll, first I'll tell you what I did. When I first started fly tying, I loved Easter because I could go around and get all the cellophane and all the ribbons, and I would tie flies for bass ponds on the, when I do the summer at one of the, my uncle's places. And that's how I got into fly tying because I couldn't afford it. I actually took all my corks from my daisy cork gun and made poppers out of them, painted them and used cellophane. <laughs> so how did you get into it? Well, fly tying was the way I started fly fishing because when I was, like I said, when I was 11, I'd been reading about fly fishing for a couple of years in my father's sporting magazines like Field and Stream and Outdoor Life and True and other ones like that. And so I asked my parents for a fly tying kit for my 11th Christmas. And they gave me a fly tying kit and I started tying flies. I wish I'd saved some of them, but I never saved any of them because the hooks were too valuable. I couldn't get hooks and I didn't have any money to buy hooks. So I would cut apart the flies that I tied and create new ones, you know. I'm sure the first ones would have scared the fish to death or they would have laughed to death, one of the two. But, I don't you know, know, as it is, as you continue on doing something and you're absorbed by it, eventually you get the skills to be able to do the things that are necessary. I just tried to copy the flies that I saw in the Family Circle Guide to Trout Flies and How to Tie Them, which eventually became Noel's Guide to Trout Flies and How to Tie Them. But uh, in, in so doing, you know, I developed uh, skills that, just on my own without anybody to teach me that I could see that were represented in the fly patterns that were there. So that's the way I sort of got into fly fishing. I caught my first trout on a fly before I was 12 years old and uh, just have been after it ever since. Oh, one more question. I would like you to repeat your website and everything so everybody can get it down. So would All right. You uh, do that Jason, down? why don't you give yours first and then I'll give mine. Sure. Uh, mine is also very much like my father's in terms of the simplicity. Just type in my name, which is Jason, J-A-S-O-N, Borger, B as in boy, O-R-G-E-R.com. So that's just JasonBorger.com. And if you're on Facebook, uh, you can find my Facebook page, uh, which is just at JBorgerFlyFish. Uh, if you just type that into your search, I should pop up in there pretty easily, and you can like the page if you want to and uh, communicate with me that way. Uh, but both the website and the Facebook page uh, share a lot of content back and forth. Uh, so uh, either one is great if you want to come and stop by and say hello or uh, take a look uh, at some further details on my new casting book or anything along those lines. Okay. Okay, and my, my website is just, again, my name, Gary, G-A-R-Y, Borger, B as in boy, O-R, G as in girl, E-R, dot com. Thank you. And both of you, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And we'll have to do this again in about six months or four months, or when you get down here, we'll do, do one of the segments down here. And we'll all go out fishing when we can. Yeah, that sounds so, great. a great time. I want just the last few minutes to give a little bit about conservation. Uh, Jason, you do a lot of it. Your dad does a lot of it. So a minute or so of what you're doing right now or where you're going and what you're going to do. 
and what needs to be done? Both of you, that's the question. All right, I'll, I'll just run with it quickly since I'm I'm uh, going somewhere tomorrow. Uh, Good. And that is, like we talked about earlier in the show, up, up to, uh, to Sundance to do really a benefit for conservation uh, in the area uh, through Trout Unlimited, the Trout Unlimited chapter that's there, and through uh, Sundance Resort, which, of course, is uh, Redford's place. And, you know, if you sort of tie the film, which is, uh, you know, it's 25th anniversary of the film, uh, into Sundance and into uh, Trout Unlimited and so forth, you really have this, this sort of broad span of time where conservation in terms of uh, fly fishing and trout fishing and, and watersheds and so forth in America, uh, I think have, have gone through a lot of, of interesting developments and, and changes, and there's still always there's always something else to do. But uh, a river runs through it had to use stunt rivers, essentially. Uh, some, some of that's for film purposes just because of the look, but some of it was also because the original Blackfoot was really not in very good shape for, for filming at the time. And as a result of the film coming out and a lot of the publicity surrounding that, the Blackfoot has now changed dramatically. And I think that Redford via Sundance and in, in association with Trout Unlimited up there, uh, I think he sees a lot of potential as well for transforming other watersheds or at least uh, – helping people become more aware of their watersheds and the, the availability of the trout fishing and what that means from a conservation perspective and how to you know, approach that. Okay. So uh, that's sort of my, my moment right now. Yeah. Well, I hope both of you have tight lines, and I want to thank both of you very much for being on the air, and we will have to do this soon. So, Gary, thank you so much. And I appreciate You're very welcome. It. And I hope all of our listeners are uh, enjoying, and I hope they all donate a little bit of money to conservation. Okay, thank you. Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. And Frank Selby, we have Bob Crum on the line with guide, writer, hunter. And I've known Bob for a lot of years. Can you hear me, Bob? Yes. So, you're in Wyoming right now? Yes, sir. And uh, you still write for the the, the Sheraton Gazette. That's right. The last time we fished together, you, we were doing a story for them. Remember that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I believe so. I just got done with my Rotary Cup searches, and we still caught fish. <laughs> yeah. And, and you uh, caught a pelican. <laughs> You didn't have to mention that part of it, but that's how I did. <laughs> so what have you been doing this last couple of years? Oh, I'm um, I'm still guiding. Um, uh, I'm the oldest uh, guide on the Bighorn River in uh, Montana at 73 and, and still really enjoying getting out and, and guiding. Uh, We're just and, kids. Uh, other than that, you know, I sit around and and uh, get out and go fishing myself and and hunt hunt birds and and deer in the fall and go ice fishing in the winter. So uh also I want to remind everybody when you take a trip with Bob Crum down the big hole 
he can tell you ever fauna, ever tree, ever bush, ever flora you can think of. He can tell you the name of it and how it started. You probably, but the most important thing about you is I love when you make the jam <laughs> on wild berries. Remember that? I uh, <laughs> We all fought for that little jar. <laughs> you still do that every year? I, I still um, I still pick a lot of uh, wild berries and and make uh, jams and jellies and syrups and and yeah yeah I I do that. <laughs> You're one of the true conservation, and I also know something the secret about you. No matter what kind of hunting fishing you do, you always try to help the neighbors in that area that can't help themselves that well. You still do that. I know that for a fact. Uh, Am I still correct? Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just uh, had a uh, successful pheasant hunt uh, yesterday, and and uh, I have a, a widow lady friend lives across the street, and I cleaned the bird and took it over to her today, and she was just tickled pink. So yeah, oh. I still. <laughs> I help out my neighbors whenever I can. I know that. Hey, well, can you, can you help out this neighbor? The next time you shoot a couple of pheasants, would you get peel the back and ship them to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do crawdad patterns out of them. <laughs> well, my I you, it's hard to get the, a frozen pheasant from here to California. <laughs> <laughs> no, just put some uh, salt on them, put them in a package, and ma mail them. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go on an, a break, and then I'm going to have you come back. So uh, do you have a website so people know where you can be reached? I have a, a, a Facebook site, uh, Blue Quill Fly, uh, Fly Company, yes. Okay, tell it real quick. We only got 30 seconds. Blue Quill Fly Company on Facebook. Blue Quill. Okay. We'll be back right after these commercials. 